With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back in. Second hour of Live Bet Sunday. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbooks. Jonathan Von Tobel, Pamela Maldonado is here. And let's welcome in our next guest as we get ready for Wild Card Weekend continued. Peter Bukowski is with us, host of Locked on Packers, to discuss everything when it comes to the Packers. And Peter, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm going to give you credit. So part-time, I host an afternoon drive show out here at ESPN Las Vegas. We had you on at the beginning of the year, and you spent about five minutes praising Jordan Love and the fact <laughs> that you thought the kid was going to oh. be great. And it turns out you were right. Since week 12, <laughs> by PFF standards, the best quarterback in the National Football League is Jordan Love. What has been behind this ascension from the kid wow rarely do i get someone uh pulling receipts on something i get right so thank you, you very much <laughs> uh it's almost always something that i get wrong um but uh so i think the 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 thing that for jordan love that has been so um different for him in the second half of the season is he just is playing with a confidence that is different from what we saw in the beginning of the season. And part of that is because guys are playing better around him. This is the youngest skill group that any team has had since the expansion Browns. Also like pass catchers, it is first and second year players exclusively. The Packers set basically every record you can set uh, around pass catchers uh, in first and second year. The Packers set it. Rookie catches, rookie touchdowns, rookie receiving yards, all that stuff. Because that's everyone he has to throw the ball to. That means growing pains early in the season, and that will, that's what we saw. Now that everyone's on the same page, Malafleur believes in Jordan Love to make every throw. Jordan Love believes in his guys being where they need to be, and he's playing with terrific rhythm right now. Back step, back foot, ball out, and guys are guys are getting open and making plays for him. It's it's not um, the 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 two offense where it's all run after catch and the receivers who are just doing what what. Um, making it propping up the statistics, not Bryce Purdy or Brock Purdy, Bryce Purdy, Brock Purdy, where you've got, you know, like the Avengers over there with Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. These are all guys trying to figure it out and they're figuring it out together. It's been a really cool thing to watch. Well, let's go ahead and expand on that with a little bit with Jordan Love and to this matchup specifically, Aaron Jones, not only a veteran, but he has had some mega success against the Cowboys previously. Mm-hmm. So for this matchup against the Cowboys, who do you think is the bigger X factor and why? Well, I think anytime um, you're going to pit a running back and a quarterback against each other in terms of value, I'm going to pick the quarterback. But I, I think it's really crucial for for you to mention the Aaron Jones of it all in this game, because Aaron Jones, the last three weeks, has been the most productive running back in the NFL. Three straight hundred yard games. And this offense is so diverse in, in the different looks that they can show you. OK, 12 personnel. Uh, condensed formation, heavy, run it. Okay. 11 personnel spread out. They can run it or they can throw it. They can, they can do anything from everywhere. And that's what makes this 
such a, a difficult offense to stop over the second half of the season. Uh, you mentioned at the top some of the, the PFF numbers. Um, this has been a top five offense over the last um, nine weeks. Top three, I think, by ETA per play. Um, it is a top five DVOA, defense adjusted value over average. That's basically efficiency, you know, accounting for schedule. Any number you want to pick, this has been a, a top five offense. And the return of Aaron Jones has been a huge reason why when you can play with balance, um, that's just that's vital for what you're able to do in this Matt LaFleur offense, because it's so predicated on play action, so predicated on on second and whatever it is, being able to take a shot. If it's second and eight, that's a lot harder. If it's second and four, because you got a six yard run on first down, now you can come back on third down if you don't hit that play action shot and you can call whatever you need to call. So Aaron Jones, who owns the Dallas Cowboys, went into Jerry World in 2019 and and, and hung four touchdowns on their faces um, and gave them the wave bye-bye with that iconic image. This is this is going to be a huge part of what the Packers want to be. The first seven plays, guys, when these two teams played uh, last year um, in that in that um, fourth quarter comeback for the Packers, all seven of their first plays were runs. Peter Bukowski with us. Peter underscore Bukowski up on Twitter. Locked on Packers is the podcast. All right. So speaking of returns, do we get the return of Christian Watson? And how much does how much better does he make this offense if he can play? Well, as we're as we're sitting here right now, we don't know, right? Um, but there was some some optimism, according to Ian Rappaport, about what was um, the expectation. He's going to test it. Um, it as, again, as of this moment, we don't know what the situation is. The thing about Christian Watson is when they were beating the best teams on their schedule this year, when they had their most impressive performances, I'm thinking about Thanksgiving against the Detroit Lions, a playoff team. I'm thinking about the next week on Sunday night against Kansas City, a playoff team, they had Christian Watson. But over the last couple of weeks, he hasn't been out there and they have still been able to be wildly efficient. 432 total yards of offense against the Chicago Bears in week 18, um, 30 plus points against the Minnesota Vikings, a top 10 defense by DVOA in week 17. The offense has not needed Christian Watson, but I think if you want to go blow for blow, touchdown for touchdown, with this Dallas Cowboys offense, you need Christian Watson, who, by the way, I mentioned that that Dallas Cowboys game last year from the regular season, uh, three touchdowns Christian Watson had in that game. Deron Bland was the corner who primarily got the assignment there. He had nothing for Christian Watson. It'd be pretty nice to have him in this playoff game. Maybe the Packers don't need Watson, but what they do need is kickers, at least punts, and that's been a problem for the Packers all season long with special teams. So let's go ahead and take a look at that for a second. The Packers rank 31st by DVOA, especially bad on punts. Rookie kicker Anders Carlson, he has missed six kicks, and he has one of the lowest touchback percentages in the NFL. How does that affect the game planning today for the Packers? I think they have to be aggressive on the plus side of the field. They cannot settle on kicks being their saving grace under any circumstance. So if it's, you know, if it's fourth and a mile, okay, kick it. But if it's fourth and anything less than eight on the Cowboys side of the field, I think that has to affect the way that, that Matt LaFleur is calling plays. And I think it has to affect the way that you cut or, or call plays on third down as well. If it's third and eight, maybe you can feel like you can run it because knowing you're going to go on fourth and whatever it is, um, the the extra point thing is is honestly more troubling because on field goals he's made a couple bombs a couple fifty plus um, yard field goals there was a time guys in the in about the middle of the season where he was like zero for six Anders Carlson was on on kicks between forty and forty one but like four for four on over fifty and and had made all the ones under thirty or whatever you know under forty so um, it's that that part is just a little weird it's the extra points he set a record for most extra points missed by a rookie in, in his rookie season, um, mostly because guys who miss this many extra points get cut. They don't stay on the team um, and they have, they have stuck by him. So it would be, it would be kind of fitting given the kind of season that the Packers have had with all the young players that they have had to rely on. If this game came down to a Andres Carlson <laughs> kick and, and he made it. So we talked about the improvement of this offense, the improvement of Jordan love and the ascension that he has had. Um, I don't think I buy that. I don't think I buy the turnaround defensively the last two weeks, Peter. So talk me into what we've seen the last two weeks and why that might be real, why it might be fraudulent. And can they stop this Dallas Cowboys offense today? So the the, the answer to your question, can they stop Dallas, is probably not. Um, but to your point, the last few weeks, 
Um, they held the, the Chicago Bears to whatever you want to say about Justin Fields. And look, I, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I have plenty of things to say about Justin Fields. Um, but whatever you want to say, no team had held the, the Bears below 10 this season. The Packers did it. Um, Nick Mullins was scoring on everybody. Um, 300 yards as a passer, like against against real defenses, against real teams. And the Packers held that offense in check until late, late in the fourth quarter. Now they got a half of Jaron Hall, too, or a quarter and a half of Jaron Hall. What they have found, though, that I think is useful and I think can be used in this game is they started to use some of these five-man pressure looks. And this is something that we saw Raheem Morris do in a very similar structured defense in that Super Bowl run. When they won the Super Bowl, they got a lot of five-man pressures. And what that does is it creates one-on-ones across the board on the offensive line. The Cowboys have a solid offensive line, but that right tackle spot has been the question mark for them with Terrence Steele. And there have been games when he's been solid and there's been games where he's given up. um, And I I looked this up to double check 12 plus pressures in, in, in these games um, by himself. And so you're going to go up against Rashawn Gary and, and play like that. It's going to be a long day. We've seen this Packers team when this pass rush is playing like they played the last two weeks. And that's the part of it that I do think is real. This pass rush is really, really good. Um, They can dominate. They got, they forced three fumbles on sacks against Jared Goff. They had two sacks in the red zone against Patrick Mahomes. No one sacks Patrick Mahomes. And they got him twice in the red zone to force field goals when the Chiefs had a chance to go down and score. So for for the Packers' pass rush, if they're able to control this game in any sort of way, that gives your secondary, whether Jair Alexander can go or not, a chance here. And they have the bodies. It's not just the outside guys. It's the inside guys. Devontae Wyatt. He's got a top five pressure rate among interior defensive linemen. Carl Brooks has been a revelation as a day three pick as an interior pass rusher. And Kenny Clark always plays well against the Dallas Cowboys going back to his rookie season. Um, I believe 2016 was his rookie season, but I'd have to, I'd have to go back and double check that played really well in that playoff game as well. So they have guys all along that front who can give the Cowboys problems that five man pressure look with Quay Walker. Um, it is something that they've really had success with. And I think that is something that I, we will see in this game to try and just give your defensive backs that extra half second um, to, to not have to cover would, would be a, a real benefit in this one. All right. Last 30 seconds, Peter, uh, what happens today? They're seven point underdogs totals of 51. I like I like the Packers to cover. Um, I don't know that you can set a total high enough, to be honest with you. I think this is one of those 35, 31 kind of games. I think they cruise packed it past this total. Um, but I also think in a shootout, I want the points. And so that's where that's where I am on this one. I think I think the Packers keep make this a game. I think it's close. I could I could definitely see the Packers winning. I could definitely see the Cowboys winning by two touchdowns. But I think either way, this is going to this like even then it's 34 20. I don't think Dallas has good enough answers for Green Bay's offense right now. Peter, we appreciate the time. Thank, Thank you very you, much, sir. All right, guys. Yep. Again, Peter Bukowski, host of Locked on Packers, Peter underscore Bukowski on Twitter. All right, we'll come back, give you last updates on what's going on here. We still got a little bit of time left. And coming up in about 20 minutes, Michael Duarte is going to be with us. We've got a narrative, a strong one out there in Detroit for Snathew Stafford and his old team going at it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. 
tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver Airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSAN, the sports betting network. It is Live Bet Sunday. JVT, Pam Aldonado here as we are getting ready for wildcard weekend action resuming later today. Won't get that started until about what? 1.30 is first kickoff today? 1 yes, o'clock? Yeah, 1.30 Pacific. Uh, Pacific. Looking forward to that. Also get uh, get to watch uh, Pacers and Nuggets before that. Starts at 12.30. That'll be great. But I wanted to open up with a little football here, Pam, and discuss, again, one of my, my, my passions, one of the things that I enjoyed the most, um, NFL draft betting. Because we did get a shift in the pool, if you will, when it comes to the quarterbacks for the NFL draft. It was kind of a quiet announcement yesterday, but maybe those who missed it, a Cam Ward, who about two weeks ago, the former Washington State quarterback, had said that he was foregoing the rest of his college career. He's going to go to the NFL draft. Uh, quietly changed his mind. And in fact, uh, he is now going to play football at Miami. So the Hurricanes nab uh, what was largely considered to be the name that they kept getting tied to, right? Cam Ward was tied to them, Florida State, and uh, Miami ultimately grabs Cam Ward out of the transfer portal. So they are going to have him. So that takes one quarterback out of the pool. But one this morning got added in J.J. McCarthy, an assumption that I think we all made, that J.J. McCarthy was going to be a member of this draft class this year. So with that, Pam, the question for me now becomes, and we were mentioning this to tell the audience really quickly, um, the conspiracy theory that when Caleb Williams has until when? Monday. Okay. He has a Monday so deadline. Declare, right? Caleb Williams has not declared for the NFL draft yet, and he has until Monday's deadline for underclassmen to enter. So technically, oh uh, yeah, maybe we were talking about it during the break. Maybe grab a little bit on Drake May to be the first one. I, <laughs> I did say that. I was very much kidding, by the way. <laughs> I mean, if he doesn't, but that would be an interesting twist of turns. But um, yeah, technically still not into the NFL draft just yet. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of think pieces as to why he hasn't done it, whatever it is. Um, the athletics, Kaylin Collar reported that he, she spoke with Williams' father, Carl Williams, on January 10th. That was four days ago. Uh, referred her to the family's publicist. Publicist says that they were going to comment when, quote, everything is buttoned up, whatever that means. Um, per Kaylor, Williams has not yet hired an NFLPA agent, but that scouts don't expect him to do so, saying instead he will be hiring a unique management team, whatever that is. So we'll see uh, what Caleb Williams decides to do. I would say that he is going to declare, but who knows? He seems to be a transcendent talent that in any draft of the last 10 years outside of maybe the uh, Andrew Luck draft. And that was actually what, 12 years ago now, 13 years ago uh, that he would be the first overall pick, but let's assume that this is going to be our, uh, our class, right? Let's assume Caleb Williams is there. So the real question is this, as I continue to bring this up, how many quarterbacks go in the first round of the NFL draft? Now that JJ McCarthy is officially in and in no particular order, your best candidates for that would be Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jane Daniels, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, JJ McCarthy. Those are six names in terms of quarterbacks. Many have five going in the first round. Four to five is kind of the range. At this point right now, how many would you expect to go in the first round? Very difficult for me to see J.J. McCarthy in the first round. Um, I would go with probably the line would be set at. You said that the line is five. No, 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 no. I'm saying those are the, the names that we're expecting. Oh, uh, I have seen many mock drafts that have well, upwards of five quarterbacks going in the first round. Caleb Williams, Drake four, May, yeah, four Daniels, to five Penix, from reading Nicks, mock drafts. J.J. McCarthy is the number that we have seen in the first round. Five and a half could be the line. Six is six is possible. Six is definitely possible. Say this. 
my kids, if it's five and a half, my kids better hope that under five and a half hits. Cause I think the house, I don't have a house, the, the, the savings, everything will be riding on whether or the fact is, I think that maybe you get four in the first round. Really? Yes. I mean, Caleb Williams, Drake May, those are the obvious. Yes. Jaden Daniels, it's very difficult to not see him go in the first round. Michael Penix Jr., I've, I've been, interesting interested because i've seen very much back and forth that maybe he's like a second tier quarterback excuse me um bo nix is also questionable for me it, it is it's dicey but i could definitely see all six as well jj mccarthy you have a 27 and one record you just come off a national championship your stock is high right now overvalued stock but still that's enough to put you into the first round tier you're missing one key number yeah that number is 24 that number would be the age of three of these quarterbacks at some point during next NFL season. Okay. That's old yeah. uh, by order boy, quarterback standards. And when you're talking about right. investing a first round pick, I think that is something that weighs heavily on a lot of people. Um, Hendon hooker. Now he was coming fresh off of a torn ACL, but Hendon hooker was an old quarterback, right? right? That played a lot of college football. And then of course slipped to what was Hendon hooker. I think a third round selection, okay. if you will. Mm -hmm. So I'm very interested to see now that JJ McCarthy's here in the mix, what this is going to be As I was telling you guys, I think just from a pure quarterback, quarterback perspective like the argument you make for J.J. McCarthy is that he's only 20 and so that he is he's able to be molded into a quarterback uh, that you believe in having said that J.J. McCarthy also where he's at now in terms of his game I don't think he's going to be a first round pick and I, I think you make the case that he goes before these guys it's going to be pretty fascinating because outside of Caleb Williams and Drake May the archetypes of the quarterbacks that come after them even Jane Daniels Jane Daniels is a little bit older too at 23 that's not something generally you see teams invest in. So I'm very curious after a season in which we saw very strong quarterback play from all of these kids, what that means in terms of what the market's going to try to do here by the time we get to draft time. So it's slowly creeping up on us. I can't wait. I think I would guess that the number is set at four and a half for first round quarterbacks, but we'll see what the market wants to do with something like that. But that, that would be my guess is that's your number. That's a fantastic point. And I'm very interested to go ahead and research that a little bit more. What I'm interested in as well is if, Mar if McCarthy, if he had stayed an extra year, like he has a better opportunity of being like a top 10 pick maybe next season um, when the quarterback class is not as strong, but because he's choosing to come into this option, I think that definitely puts him into the second tier list, which could push him out of, outside of the first round. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a good draft too in other positions. So we'll see if that's going to mm -hmm. be the case. And, exactly. and there's also the, the, the aspect of, right. There is one quarterback slot you would assume gets filled and that is Justin Fields going somewhere, whether it's right. staying in Chicago, right. Or getting traded. One of the teams that is in the list of teams that need a quarterback is going to get filled by wherever Justin Fields goes. So I think that knocks you out of contention if you're somewhere. And I think a team like, like the New England Patriots, I think are fascinating currently hold the third overall pick Pam. You could see a scenario in which if you're new England, do you trade for Justin Fields and then use that third overall pick to go and grab a Marvin Harrison jr. And all of a sudden, just like that, you've jump started a rebuild by having Justin Fields and a Marvin Harrison jr. Type. And if fields doesn't work out, well then guess what? You can go in next year and get, you know, whatever, however the chips fall right. Um, in terms of quarterback, but I, I can't wait to see what this is going to be. Draft is awesome. The and Patriots, we're slowly approaching. The Patriots is an interesting prospect and interesting mm -hmm. idea, but I don't expect that to be happening at all, actually, because of the hiring of who they had. It, it's a, uh, what, What's his uh, Gerard, Ford, uh, Gerard, Gerard Mayo. Mayo? He is on the defensive side of things, so I don't have them. I don't see the Patriots making offensive plays out of the draft. Oh, I'll bet money they do. They have to. They you, have, you have nothing. What on you offense. should do and have to be doing, and what they actually will. Well, do. I don't believe did Gerard Mayo get control? Is he a general manager as well? Because I think that's the real question. I think he's our head coach. I don't think he has say right. in terms of roster personnel. And in today's NFL, I think please it's one of to realize. Right. Justin Fields, please just don't go to them. <laughs> please don't let that happen. Yeah, we'll see what they want to do in terms of decision making. So again, the news today, uh, very quietly, but JJ McCarthy has entered the NFL draft yesterday. We saw Cam Ward exit. All right, as we're speaking right now, I want to update this line before because we're going to get to uh, Michael Duarte who's joining us on the other side. Rams reporter, NBC LA. We'll get the Rams perspective of what's going to happen between the Rams and the Lions. We've been pretty strong at three across the board, Pam. The real thing is, is that every single shop now has joined the fray. We're at 53s across the board for this total, 53 and a half out there as well. I do know that there are some respected betters who actually do follow my line of thinking and think that this is an underplay. And we were talking about that at 51 and a half. So I'll ask you this question. 
Where do you think this total closes? We still have plenty of time for the public to get their fingers all over this. In standalone playoff games, public generally has more influence on a line, side, or total. So I'd be very curious, where do you think we get to from a total's perspective? Should I bet this under 53 and a half, or do I get greedy and wait to see if I can get something more? It definitely hits 54, Mark, if not even surpasses like 54 and a half. Um, You have the thinking here is that it's very two high passing offenses in a dome. And that's correct. But it's just a matter of, for me, I like the under on you. I am in full agreement with the under on you. So I would wait a little bit if you are trying to grab the under. Definitely a better number is in play. Yeah, I, I think um, I can't wait to see this thing. But yes, I think under 53, I, I think 53 and a half probably might be the best way. But again, so what time is this? What this one doesn't tip to five, at five o'clock, right? Ooh, going head to head with that Clippers Timberwolves game. I don't know. NFL is going to have a ratings issue here. A lot of people are going to be watching that thing. Um, so yeah, 53 up from 51 and a half. We'll see if, it, if this continues to climb. But I have a very strong case that I'll be uh, on a small island with a few people, including yourself, uh, rooting for no points in one of the most um, the strongest narrative games in the National Football League's well, wildcard. Let game. me see if you would do this because I did this yesterday. I actually loved the Chiefs under. Um, I knew were getting extra points of value because I liked it at under 43 and a half and the mm-hmm. line ticked up to 44 and a half. Instead of me getting 44 and a half, I just got it at plus money to give me the 43, give me the worst number of line, but that was the original number that I studied, that I looked at, that I loved. So I went with that. And of course it was a comfortable under. Oh yeah. Like playing an alternate under is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. I, no, I think that's perfectly plausible again. Cause like to your point, I thought 51 and a half was playable. I yeah, just wanted to see what exactly. the market was going to do with it. So have it tick down. So yeah, an alternate under would be, I think a perfectly plausible scenario if you wanted to do that too. So 53s across the board, lighten up the screen right now. Uh, let's get a little bit more of this game. Let's talk about the narrative. Of course, Matthew Stafford hitting the road. I saw a video this morning of Eminem uh, just begging with Matthew Stafford to please <laughs> let the one. Lions have one. Uh, we'll see if he uh, indeed does acquiesce to that. When we come back, Michael Duarte, Rams reporter, is going to join us. And we'll also get the answer to the question that everybody is asking. Are the Rams the most dangerous team in the NFC? This is Live Bet Sunday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, welcome back in. Appreciate that. A lot of last minute communication here. You know, we got to <laughs> wait. We're humans, all right? Mistakes are made. Pam Aldonado's here. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. Uh, all right, so. Before we get back to the National Football League, uh, really quickly, because, hey, it is a sports day. We're watching college basketball. Caesar, we're, we're pulling for you, buddy. We want a birthday miracle. He's got Wichita State here, but uh, there might be shockers might be letting go of the rope at home against Memphis. We'll see if uh, they can stick inside of that number for Caesar. Uh, really quick, Pam, want to go to um, the NBA because it's a short card, uh, but just give out the bet, too, because we have the, our hardwood play of the day. Solid day in hoops yesterday. Jazz made a comeback. Uh, never had a sweat with the Wizards catching seven. One that came out right, but I think that's 24 points. If you take anything away from this weekend please let it be that the hawks suck all right one of the worst cover teams in the nba actually i shouldn't say that i I keep doing that the worst cover team in the nba and the worst cover team at home yesterday fall to three and 14 ats at home after the outright loss is a seven point favorite and actually the market closes eight point favorite you know this is the weird thing before we get to this play can i just say so the nba season for me it's been really interesting because there have been a lot of spots where the market has moved against me and it has confused me, right? right? Where it's like, so yesterday I bet seven with the wizards, watched the market, push that thing back out to eight. And I, and I kind of was just like, have we watched Atlanta? Like, what am I missing? Right. It makes you think one of those things, Atlanta never really came in. So it's been kind of one of those weird things where I, I don't mind when the market moves against me because I've had a, it seems a stronger read at this point than the market has, but it's been kind of weird seeing the market do what it has. So to this point here, um, it's a short card. It's a good card, but it's one of those where, again, I'm just like, you know what? I have been kind of beating the drum for this, riding the train, whatever it is. The Clippers have been absolutely on fire. They're on the road against the Minnesota Timberwolves today, Pam. Uh, they're laying two, the total sitting at 222. To give you some insight onto what this run has been like for the Los Angeles Clippers since the start of December, uh, how about this for LA 17 and three straight up 13 and seven against the spread. So you've been covering numbers. You've been winning outright over that stretch though, Pam, over those 20 games, Kawhi Leonard missed four, right? They went two and two straight up one of three against the spread in those games. 
in games that Kawhi Leonard has played since the start of December, the Clippers are 15 and one straight up 12 and four against the spread. They are covering numbers. They are kicking ass and they are, I think at this point they should be at least by my numbers. They are, they are rated on par with the Boston Celtics by my measure. And the Celtics are the highest rated team in the NBA. So this is just one where and see in, in long seasons like this, if there is a trend that the market I think hasn't caught up with, I'm just going to continue to ride this thing until it goes kaput. And today, Clippers minus two on the road against the Minnesota Timberwolves, a lone play in a short card today. But they think, to, they think the Clippers are well set up matchup wise as well. They've got plenty of size down low. Vicha Zubac, one of the best rebounders in the NBA, can go toe to toe with Rudy Gobert. They've got size that can space the floor if they want. They can have Daniel Tice come out with some pick and pops, spread this thing out. They can go five out if they want to against a big team and clear the floor out. I just think it's a good matchup for him. So Clippers minus two later this evening, the lone hardwood play of the day for me. I know it's a football Sunday. Did you peruse the NBA card? You you did something yesterday, right? You got the win. I did. I took the over in. Well, I personally did not bet it, but I'm trying to dabble into NBA. Right. And it was the over 228 and a half, which the line moved against me 228 uh, when you and I were talking about it with um, the Clippers. What do you mean? Yesterday? Yeah. There was Celtics and Rockets. Celtics. Yeah. <laughs> Can't even remember. I will get there. I'm getting there. Um, you have NBA. Can I can I entice course, you in a tennis? Okay, so the, today's matches, it is still the first round of the Australian Open, and I'm just starting to get my feet a little wet. I took a couple of futures options um, before the tournament, but what I like for day one match, and these start later in the afternoon and run overnight since it is in Australia, but one match that I do like is Adrian Monterino, either minus one and a half sets at minus 120, or minus four games against Stan Warinka. This is a Frenchman who is 2-0 against Stan the Man. Warinka is the type of player that needs to have reps and rhythm under his belt. He last played, his last match was a walkover in November. He does not have those reps and that rhythm built into his system yet. Monterino is the type of player that you do not want to have in your first round because he is a bit of a backboard type of player. He just came off a final in Sofia Open. He is the type of player that you can expect long rallies that's going to wear Waringa down. Waringa needs the his opponent to have the ability to generate power. He needs pace in order to work off of that. And that's not the type of game that Monorino has on part of his arsenal. He doesn't generate his own pace. Monorino, he doesn't offer that. So I like Monorino to get the job done at worst in four sets um, or minus four games, whatever option is available. I also like an underdog, Chris Eubanks. He is an American plus 115 against Taro Daniel. Um, considering the over 40 and a half, I think this could go the full distance of five sets, but I am more so inclined to want to back the underdog at plus money 115. Eubanks is a very aggressive type of player. He has a strong serve. He is suited best right now for grass and for fast court. Um, he's six foot seven, but because of his serve and his abilities, he has a the potential to generate a lot of free points and against Daniel against big servers. He just historically does not do well. He has losses to and other Americans like Ben Shelton, um, a Canadian in Milos Roundage. And I liked the over on this because at least what we have seen from Daniel is he's not getting the wins against these big servers, but he is at least pushing them to tie breaks um, previously before. So those would be the two plays that I would have for the first round of the Australian open. Chris Eubanks plus plus one fifteen over Taro Daniel or Adrian Monterino, minus one and a half sets against San Rodrigo. All right. I like it. Let's stay on this uh, theme really quickly um, in terms of bets for Pam Maldonado. What's going on with this parlay? What is this? Oh, my same game, my same game. My um, you surprised by your own actions today. <laughs> I forgot that. I'm having fun. It's a wild card. I don't like to do parlays. I'm, it's just not something that I typically do. But because it's the end of the season, I see some value happening. Aaron Jones over 74. This is a four player prop, a four parlay, four, four leg, leg player prop. There, there you go. go. Four leg parlay at 13 to one odds. First leg would be Aaron Jones over 74 and a half rushing yards, running back for the Green Bay Packers. I really think that because as efficient as he has been ever since he came back from injury in the last few weeks, it was mentioned earlier, he has been the most efficient running back leading in rushing yards, a hundred plus yards in his last three games. Use him and try to eliminate some of the pressure off of Jordan Love. Najee Harris over 16 and a half carries. They've really upped the usage for the Steelers. It is largely in due because of the run game. Why they have reached at this point into the playoffs. Utilize him. Run the heck out of Harris. Lions minus three. I'm putting this in because I would like to take Lions as a lone bet. 
but I don't think I have enough like oomph to push me over the finish line. So I'm going to put it in a parlay instead. It really is just a belief that Jared Goff at home is going to be the difference maker. And because the run defense is second best in the league, you're really going to limit the offensive abilities from the Rams. I like the Lions to get it done. And the Bills under 38 and a half. I hope this number stays. The number's actually going against me, which is surprising, but I think it's going to be two run-heavy offenses. The Bills' defense has been stout in the red zone. They're top five in limiting opposing touchdowns. I really like the Bills' defense to um, hold this under the number and, of course, inclement weather, but 13-1 for four legs. All right. Probably shouldn't include the Lions. If you don't like them. I do like them. doesn't get you? I do like I know. What if that's the one but leg that's that why gets it's you? a parlay. That's why it's a parlay. Okay. All right. So speaking of, we were going to talk uh, Rams and Lions. Let's do it here really quickly. So you mentioned the, the minus three. I, I've mentioned quite a bit in terms of the uh, under and liking that. So if we're right in thinking that this is going to be a game in which this is a, we'll call it a rough go on the ground mm-hmm. for the Detroit Lions. We have, so excuse me, for the uh, Los Angeles Rams, we have right. some trends for you too as well. If you're watching up on um, YouTube TV and or VEASAN.com, which you should be, by the way. L.A. Rams, 7-1 straight up in the last eight games. Uh, they've been playing pretty well. The total's gone over in six of the L.A. Rams' last seven games on the road. Detroit, 6-1 straight up last seven at home. 5-1 ATS in its last six. Some trends going into this one. But from a player prop standpoint, specifically with the quarterbacks, if we're right in that they're going to struggle to run this, Matthew Stafford, passing yards, 279.5. Completions, 24.5. Pass attempts, 35.5. What do we make of some of these quarterback numbers for both of these guys, but specifically for Stafford? And we're right about the game planning theory that uh, this is going to be a rough day running the ball for Stafford and the uh, Rams. Pass attempts over 35 and a half. That would be the one that stands out the most. They do have their running back with Kyron Williams. He's been fantastic for this offense, but you're going up against the second best run defense. That's going to come into play. You're going to have to force if Matthew Stafford's going to beat you, he's going to have to do it through the air. Yeah, Stafford over a half interception, minus 140 is pretty interesting. He's got the gunslinger-esque mentality there, so it does make some sense. And he had two uh, interceptions against the Giants in Week 18. Yes. Uh, Well, he didn't play in Week 18. Uh, Sorry. No, yeah, Stafford. I'm thinking somebody else. My bad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So when you look at this from that perspective, you can kind of understand that. Um, Close to season. And for Jared Goff, the pass attempts are going to be there because they're working off of play action. But I would think that of all of these, I don't know, 34 and a half seemed like a lot for Matthew. Or should be 35 and a half seemed like a lot. But if I'm right in game planning that they're not going to be able to run the ball pretty well, I guess the pass attempts would go up. So I have conflicting thoughts there. The player props, I mean, I'll say this at times when it comes to props, it's my weakness when it comes to handicapping the player props specifically, well, I actually think in any sport, but specifically in, in the NFL, I have not had a good read in terms of game planning because there seems to be a randomness to it by my measure. Stafford did have two interceptions to close the season week 17. Yes, there you go. All right. All right. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. We'll give you the last bit of our confidence plays. We'll take a look at the final board for ourselves, uh, what we're looking at overall for this week in the National Football League, and maybe a quick look ahead of what could be next weekend if things hold serve. We'll talk about that more before we send it off to the D for the rest of Live Bet Sunday. Don't go anywhere. Plenty left to get to here on Wild Card Weekend. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including 
sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver Airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSAN, the sports betting network. Ever been curious about a VEASAN Pro subscription? You can check out an introductory offer for only $9.99 that gets you access to everything. Gets you in the door so you can see if you want to take the full swing. Daily best bets, access to the betting splits. Those are numbers courtesy of DraftKings, updated every five minutes. And our upcoming big game betting guide, of course, deep insight onto the Super Bowl from a betting perspective and everything in between. That includes betting tools and daily write-ups in every single sport Check it out now, man. Again, introductory offer, only $9.99. If you want to take the full swing, remember, 10% off an annual subscription if you use the promo code LIVE. All right, live Bet Sunday here on VSIN. It will continue after us, uh, much like life will once we're all gone. Time will just keep moving. Anyway, uh, the D will be uh, will be the scene for live Bet Sunday. I'm getting sentimental now that Bill Belichick's gone, you know, and we don't know where he's going to go. Speaking of moving on, there's two things here, not like to the mortal plane or whatever, but <laughs> like other things. First off, this is a small bit of news, but it does speak to, again, the changes in college football and the ripple effects that continue to happen in an offseason. So there's two things. First off, Washington second year quarterback Austin Mack has entered the transfer portal. Uh, Mack ranked as about the 73rd, 72nd overall transfer prospect. So that's something worth noting also, because if he does enter the portal and leave, Washington could be down to no returning scholarship quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So Kalen DeBoer's gone. Michael Penix Jr. on to the NFL draft because he's ancient. And now your scholarship <laughs> quarterbacks could all be gone if you're Washington. So just something to monitor there. Big picture. The other note here as we're looking at this, and thank you, by the way, Femi uh, Bebefe and Kelly Bidlin going to be over at the D. Um, Jim Harbaugh did, it looks like, or is going to, we should say, uh, multiple reports confirming this, will take his first interview with the Los Angeles Chargers at some point this week. Uh, the next team odds here for Jim Harbaugh. I'm surprised that this is minus 150 to no NFL team only because like I can understand maybe making them the favorite like plus, you know, 120, whatever it is to make them the odds on favorite at no NFL team returning to Michigan. Essentially, I think that's somewhat surprising given the fact that it seems that the writings on the wall. He wants to come to the NFL, Pam. He uh, interviewed with the Broncos, of course, last year. Now he's back in the um, in the fold with an NFL agent getting interviews with NFL teams thinks it seems pretty likely that'd be the case. And if there was a team, right, I think some of these squads that are getting kind of tailor made, like just feel like they're missing, like a push over the edge would make a lot of sense. The Chargers at three to one and the team that he's going to interview with make a lot of sense. Uh, The Raiders, it's more of a rebuild in my mind uh, than I think some, especially out here, believe Uh, the Washington commanders, again, a very intriguing team with the second overall pick. You can draft JJ McCarthy second overall and they can be together forever. I'm being sarcastic. You better not draft (laughs) JJ McCarthy second overall. Uh, Falcons at 15 to one. I'll start with the basic question though, because then we can go from there. Is Jim Harbaugh the head coach of an NFL team next year? Yes. Okay. So then our market's mispriced. So then where do you go from there? Uh, Your guess is as good as mine. The chargers are very interesting, but that's only your first test. Maybe he's just trying to test the waters. Maybe he's trying to get like a better contract with Michigan. It's I I don't know. <laughs> I don't I have not versed enough in this coaching carousel when it comes to the NFL, but there's definitely a few options. Um 
Now, there is something, to your point, uh, Jim Harbaugh, it was reported, I want to get the numbers right, it was reported on Christmas Eve uh, that he did have a contract offer from Michigan. There are a couple of things here. It would reportedly be a 10-year, $125 million contract extension. There is a no NFL clause in the reported deal. Mm. So the clause would only be one season, but apparently that's been enough to kind of drag this process out. Uh, for those who are curious, Harbaugh is under contract over in Michigan until 2026. That doesn't really matter at all in terms of buying him out or doing whatever he would need to do to get out of it. Uh, but he is currently on a deal that would run through 2026. To your point, Pam, maybe if you're trying to get more. He's currently, price shopping. Uh, currently 10 years, $125 million on the table. I think this is more about pride. Harbaugh's a very prideful person. He's good at what he does. Right. He has achieved what he set out to do over at Michigan, which is win a national right. championship. And the thing that has eluded him up to this point, of course, has been the fact that um, they do not, or excuse me, um, he has not won the Super Bowl, right? Got there with the San Francisco 49ers, ultimately lost. So I think it's a pride deal, right? And when you achieve these levels of success, I'll bring this back to like the Shohei Otani thing, right? My whole thing with Shohei Otani, when people kept bringing up where he's going to go was it's about lifestyle. You know, you're going to get your money wherever you go now it's about lifestyle and where you want to live because you're getting whatever you got wherever you go i think it's similar to this in that money i don't think matters anymore right now it's about can i achieve my personal goals and i think one of them would probably be getting a super bowl because you were so close so and because, I, and because you just won the national championship and you know jj mccarthy is leaving so is blake quorum well then that leaves you with a rebuild for next year into college football why not rebuild with the nfl that's probably going to pay you more and to your uh point potentially have the chance at running deep into a playoff, if not further. Yeah. So I think the Chargers are pretty interesting. I also, again, just because I'm running with the concept that like, I think he wants a team that's kind of tailor made to like really just get like one little push that oomph um, would be the fact that like the commanders um, or excuse me, the commanders or the Falcons would be very attractive. By the way, I would assume this is not up to date because the bears are still listed and the bears announced that Eberflus is going to come back. So uh, I don't think the bears would be an option. Now, crazier things have happened. Maybe they're like, Oh wait, no, we can get Harbaugh. He's out of here. Let's uh, let's get rid of him and, and go hire Jim Harbaugh. But it'd be pretty fascinating to see, but this, the big domino that's next will he go somewhere and which domino falls first because we haven't had an official word yet pam uh, whether or not bill belichick has decided that he is going to take over an nfl right. team or if he's going to interview anywhere and right. that's kind of big too because belichick's been tied to the chargers he's been tied to the falcons again teams uh, the commanders teams that are very close and just need i think a guide to get them to that point Washington Commanders is becoming more and more interesting just because they are completely doing an overhaul of everything. So if they can snag somebody like Harbaugh, you are not you're no longer thinking of a one year thing. You are thinking three to five years out. Does he have that, that longevity in wanting to do the NFL? All question marks, but it makes it fun conversation in the offseason. Yep. Uh, by the way, uh, Bill Belichick, there are there's more and more of, of course, coming out. Uh, one of the things that was a driving factor reportedly for his exit over in New England was that he did not like Bill or uh, Bill O'Brien, which is shocking. Uh, absolutely shocking. So, all right. With that, again, news on Harbaugh. Let's transition over. Let's recap really quickly. Confidence plays and bets we're going to be sweating out today for the rest of Wild Card Weekend. First, let's start with confidence selections. Uh, Pam, go ahead and list off what you got in the points with them. I'm going to go and go with the Packers at plus seven. This is my least confidence. I'm giving it a rating of one out of 13, but I really do. I think I have a little bit more confidence after the show, but it is one for the show for this rating. I like the offensive line for the Packers. I like Jordan Love. I think he has progressed the stat. The eye test says so, and so does the data to back it up. He is top three in PFF by quarterbacks behind only Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott. I think he has the ability here to really exploit a secondary for the Cowboys. If we think this is going to be a high-scoring game, back and forth, I like the touchdown. Detroit, minus three. I think there's a lot more balance with this offense between having two running backs in Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Because you have that one-two punch, you have a lot more flexibility in the type of plays that you want to run. As opposed to the Rams, now you're going going up against the second-best run defense, and your go-to guy for that run game is Kyron Williams. You stop him, you have success. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, under 37. This is my highest-rated confident play for a wild card so far. Um, I love this play so much because I think this is going to be heavy run game. And really, you can talk about the weather, but it's really just this type of scheme that I expect to to show from Pittsburgh. They've made it to the playoffs because of that run game that they have utilized. They've upped their usage. They went from 30 run attempts total to 40 and 39 
Because of that heavy run game, Buffalo defense top five in touchdowns allowed, get downfield, force field goals instead of allowing touchdowns. Philadelphia against the Bucks under 43. This is also a high confidence play. I don't like the injury reports from either quarterback in this. If I think it's going to be heavy run game again from DeAndre Swift, heavy run game from Rashad White. It just goes back to two quarterbacks who have been lackluster all season. They're going to turn to the run game instead. I like the under. All right. Dallas minus seven, two points for me under 51 and a half, 10 points. Pittsburgh, I don't know if you want to happen, uh, Rams and Lions. Pittsburgh plus 10 against Buffalo, four-point play and a one-point play, laying it with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's exactly what Caesar has. Philly minus uh, three with a one-point play there. Got an eight-point play, Buffalo minus 10, over 51. There we, we got three. And then Green Bay plus seven. The camera's in the way. I'm going to go with seven-point play for Caesar. Is that the case? Yeah. All right, cool. All right, that wraps it up. Uh, all right, so those are your confidence plays. Best bet of the weekend is... Buffalo under 37. Okay. Right, right now it's 38 and a half. Love it. Kind of like that game over. <laughs> Here so we it's, go it's again. It's not going to be a bet, but I, <laughs> I think that the the lack of wind, the the less wind is better. And, and Josh Allen is a guy that does have the arm to cut through more wind than most, but it's not something I want to really run to go um, get after. Uh, for me, it's going to be under in this Rams and Lions game. So we're up to 53 right now, play, playable at every single number. Rams, Lions under the total. Can't wait till it's 65 to 64 shootout, a replay of the Mexico game. That, well, that was supposed to be the Mexico game. Did they, where'd they end up playing that Rams and uh, Chiefs game? It was absolutely wild. Uh, all right, that does it for us. Live Bet Sunday does resume, of course, over at the D. Kelly Bidlin and Femi Abebefe are there to take you through the rest of the way and all the way up, of course, to the handle. Uh, next weekend, change in schedule will be on from 4 p.m. to 7 as we shift things around for divisional round and onward as we get ready for the Super Bowl both here and on DraftKings Network. Until then, we'll talk to you next weekend. Good luck, unless you're up against me. I hope you lose that. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.